The medical information communicated in this podcast is of a general educational nature. If you are feeling unwell, please seek the attention of a medical practitioner. Any advertisements promoted throughout the podcast are not endorsed by the presenter or any of the guests interviewed. Hi there, welcome to MediTalk, a medical podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand. You're with Danae. In the second part of the talk on congenital heart disease, we will speak with Angie, mother of CHD survivor Annie, about her journey with the disease. Angie's going to tell us about her story and more importantly, Annie's story, their story as a family. So what is your story, your CHD story? Thanks, Danae. Um, thanks so much for having me here today to talk about um, my beautiful girl, Annie. And yes. um, she's just turned one, which is super exciting. Oh. I know. A I milestone. Know. A milestone. huge milestone, yes. And I guess our story is a, a, yeah. a bit different. You know, some mothers or parents are, are fortunate enough or... I wouldn't call it fortunate, actually, because it's it's horrible, but mm. they're diagnosed in utero, so they actually know about um, their bub having CHD or a form of it mm. um, during their pregnancy. Um, for us, uh, we didn't know anything about it, and he had a, a very distinct murmur, and uh, they wanted to investigate that further. So that was the first sort of sign that something was wrong. Correct, yeah. yeah. And, and generally, all babies are born with murmurs. Yes. Um, but they do close or the, the the hole in the heart does close over and the murmur disappears but in Annie's case it, it became it yeah and it became more distinct so and so then what happened after that once they diagnosed that there was something wrong with her heart yeah. where did you end up well of course my heart was going um 100 miles an hour I don't yeah. think it's very good for my heart but uh little did we know the um the diagnosis to come was um was really devastating so yeah. they had uh, an on-call um pediatric cardiologist um Dr Darshan Kathari yeah he got called in um for an emergency and this was in Perth yeah so yeah. we were at Fiona Stanley yeah that's where I had Annie and uh and the team there were magnificent they they treated it um as an urgent case and uh, that's where Darshan uh, did the echo mm-hmm. and and the results were, um, yeah, really devastating. So she was diagnosed with um, three three forms of CHD. Um, the first being a VSD, um, yeah. which is a ventricular um, septal defect. Mm-hmm. Um, the second was a DORV, they call it, um, which is a double outlet right ventricle. And Gosh. the third was a really dysplastic mitral valve. So, um, and of course, that was the most severe out of the three. The mm. other two... I guess they weren't so concerned about it was the third that the mitral was valve the mitral valve yeah correct yeah um so when he broke the news to us he essentially said that annie is going to need open surgery. heart surgery yeah mm-hmm. um and of course we 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 didn't know how to feel it and the how time. long was that sort of within the week of the first week of her being born you were told that yeah so Annie was a a little bit different where um it was a real watch and see with her because her vitals were you know all her observations were normal Mm -hmm. um she hadn't actually entered into what they call heart failure um she was maintaining um quite well Mm -hmm. and as a result of that um for precautions Darshan wanted to watch her Uh, we got transferred to PMH um instantly um, and she got uh, put into the nursery and she was observed for a week that gave a week of time for the team um, so that they could review um, Annie's case um, with um, the whole cardiology team 
and they decided that possibly what Annie needed, um, the surgeries that she may require, they probably couldn't do in Perth. Mm. So um, that was roughly about three weeks after she was diagnosed. Mm. Uh, we were then told, pack your bags. Uh, wow. We're given two days' notice. Uh, we're sending you to Brisbane uh, to Lady Salento Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, be prepared. You're going to start a journey that we don't know what the outcome's going to be. Uh, we don't know what surgery Annie's going to have. Yeah. Um, but be prepared, you're going to be there for up to six months. Wow. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you, you you don't know what to do. You're no. literally going, oh, my goodness, you've got to... Living hour by hour, day by pack, day. Pack, you know, is my baby okay? Is she going to go into heart failure? You know, what's the future going to hold? Yeah. What about our house? What about our bills? You know, there's yeah. a lot of... You've got the practicalities, but also your heart. Yeah. Literally in terms of is is living hour by hour. Yeah, you yep. certainly are. And yep. uh, and you're trying to process all this uh, information, um, which is extremely overwhelming. Um, I think being thrown into the medical um, arena, you know, so quickly. and Especially some of those, you know, the names of those um, defects. You're like, I don't even know what a mitral valve is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where is that exactly? And, yeah. and I literally had yeah. to go back. Get the anatomy books Correct. out. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Go. Google, uh, <laughs> not that I'm an advocate of it, but, uh, yeah, you'd be getting out the you do. Yeah, yeah, anatomy and physiology 101. You do, and you, you go back to human biology, you know. Yeah, at 10. university, at, yeah. uh, at year 12. <laughs> 12. <laughs> year 11 and 12. Where's that anatomy book from yes. 1980s? <laughs> yes, what's a ventricle, what's an aorta? You know, yeah. you are, you literally, um, you're trying to process information but you're also trying to process your emotions yes and your feelings and it's it's extremely overwhelming yeah so you end up in in brisbane is it mm-hmm. in brisbane and annie's having the three surgeries correct so yep. um with with annie's um diagnosis it was it was really unknown and the problem being the mitral valve because y- you can't operate um without a valve and and the job of the mitral valve and what it does um so is that the first operation then they work on that first yeah so we we got to brisbane and we met with the um the brisbane team at lady salento and that was led by um dr nelson alfonso Mm -hmm. who is our complete hero um he's an amazing man um yeah so he he said to us literally there's option A and there's option B for Annie. Um, I don't know how it's going to go. Mm. We're going to try and, he said, we're obliged to try and fix her mitral valve. Um, but the challenge is, you know, at her age and, you know, we could do a mechanical valve replacement on her, but they actually don't make valves small enough to God. do that. Yeah, um, on right. a, She was five weeks at the time she had a surgery. Um, so that really wasn't an option. Um, mm. Option B was actually to... I guess in a, um, a best sense to describe it is to replumb her heart. Yes. Because you can't work without a valve. Um, they would close it off and then they would um, basically replumb, reroute her circulation and create what they call a single ventricle um, circulation. Uh, so it's quite complex and uh, I encourage anyone listening, you know, mm. definitely do a little bit of research on it, especially if you're faced with... Um, making you know, that decision. Yeah, making that decision. And, uh, again, it was a bit different for Annie because she 
isn't traditionally, uh, I guess, these procedures that she came out with um, are used on babies that are born um, with hyperplastic left heart syndrome, which is, you know, the most common um, form of CHD, which is found in utero. Mm. But Annie's was a bit different, um, but what they call the three-stage three, the three stage surgery mm. would actually be a good outcome for her with her age and, um, and to give her what she needed to survive. Wow. So, yeah, so literally Nelson, um, the day we, we handed her over for surgery, he said, uh, you know, I, I can't make any guarantees on yeah. what she'll come out with. Um, but 10 hours later, it was a 10-hour surgery. Um, it was the hardest day of, of our lives, yeah. officially. I thought giving birth was hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> However, yeah. this, this completely topped it. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we were climbing the walls, literally waiting, 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 and it's it's awful. But uh, she came out with what they call Plan B, I call it, uh, which was the Norwood um, mm -hmm. procedure. And that was the first stage of um, three surgeries that she'd need. But, you know, after Annie's first surgery, she, she was very sick. Um, yeah. She was a very sick baby. Um, she came out on ECMO. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the heart and lung uh, machine. And Annie was interesting because she had, um, I like to turn them, she's famous for wobbles. Um, and I, I use that lightly now, but at the time it was very serious. But the recovery process after such a major surgery, you know, um, we were in ICU for 43 days. Wow. And, you know, that's because she was famous for these wobbles. And we had complication after complication. Um, you kind of feel like you're treading water. You're not getting anywhere, but you actually are. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard when you're in it to see the positives, the pro uh, the progress you've made, yeah, the, that's right. the little milestones you're making. But the, the the human body is incredible. These babies are amazing. Um, you know, our surgeon he'd come in every day, he'd come and check, and you know I would be climbing the walls, worried, and he'd just look at me and he'd just say, slowly, slowly, you know, give it time. You know, she's yeah. heading in the right direction. So we had snippets of. Of good news throughout. Oh, that's great. Um, but then once uh, we left ICU after 43 days, you head to ward. So we was, um, you know, allocated or we stayed on um, on ward between surgeries, and that's where they just manage her recovery. You know, there's a lot of external teams that come in um, to help, like you know, speech pathology, physio. Mm. Uh, music therapy there's all these beautiful things that that help you through this journey and that's not just Annie um, but the whole family as a unit absolutely to, everyone yeah. to, to heal to to yeah. get strong for the next surgery yeah for the next surgery and then literally uh, she was four months old and uh, and the second surgery came around so that happened uh, a bit quicker than we'd anticipated uh, but the second surgery was called the Glen mm -hmm. um, which is basically um, allowing Annie to have a, a better circulation for her growing body um, the the technical side of it um, you know they're, they're sort of I guess that replumbing term I used before, mm. they're connecting um, more parts of her circulation and veins into the pulmonary artery um, to give her some more oxygenation through her, her blood flow. Wow. So it's quite technical. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and yeah. extremely um, highly specialised to be able to do that form of surgery in such little babies. Absolutely. It's, it's a miracle. So having gone through that, you, you end up home because she gets through her second surgery. She did. So where is 
Annie at now. So she's she's one mm-hmm. and she's had two open heart surgeries. Yeah. So how is she progressing now? Yeah, she's uh, our little rock star. She is she truly is amazing. I just think this kid's been through so much. Yeah. And she recovered really well after a second surgery and there was a little saying, um, I guess, in the hospital that if they have a, a rough first surgery or a rough Norwood, um, quite often they sail through the Glen and Annie basically was a she, testament So she to was that. Te- textbook. <laughs> she yeah. was textbook for the Glen and we couldn't believe it because she was so famous for having complications or wobbles, but she, she did great. And we were literally on a plane four months to the day that we arrived in wow. Brisbane. So, and we were sent home on a commercial flight yeah. and it was two weeks after a second op. So it was quite incredible to think, you know, we get back home. Yeah. Settling into our uh, new normal yeah. um, has been really challenging, uh, not only from being from worried, you know, yeah. literally worried every day, but we've had amazing support through um, the new children's hospital here in Perth, yeah. um, uh, PCH, and we have appointments there every week. So wow. we're literally, you know, we're doing things like physio. Um, Annie was on a feeding tube, um, a nasal gastric tube for eight months. And, and now she's feeding. She's off that. Yeah. Yeah, but we've done a lot of work with speech uh, to try and get her feeding properly. Yeah. Um, there's still challenges there yeah and we face them every day but you know we've got her and you know we're making the best of yeah of what what we've got now and um it really is amazing she's she's going ahead and leaps and bounds oh that's good news what are some key learnings that you've learned through this whole journey as as mum um of little annie that you would like to maybe share with other people that might be just starting who have just newly had a little baby that's been diagnosed with CHD. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's it's certainly um, probably say it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very personal, but uh, what I can impart is you know ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, you'll be very overwhelmed. And write them down. I think sometimes I get really surprised uh, working in medical uh, with doctors, and I think. You know, don't be ashamed to 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 write those questions down yeah. because I think sometimes when you when you're in that emotional space, yeah, um, and you think, oh no, I'll remember. Um, you don't. You don't. No. And I think sometimes just to keep you on path, yes. Whether and even the handwriting down on a little piece of paper or writing in your phone some notes, um, but sometimes I think. It's a wise idea because nothing's worse than living in regret where you, you step out of the doctor's and you, go, and you oh, think, oh, I wish I'd asked that. You know? And now that worry, that anxiety that, that stems from not asking the questions when you get that little moment yes, uh, with a specialist. Um, oh, I totally agree. And I think for anyone who's just had a baby as well, uh, baby brain kicks in and it is a real thing. Uh, I know I'm super forgetful, so great advice. Write it down. Ask questions. No question is silly. Um, you know, you need to you need to educate yourself. You know, for your baby. You know, it's really really important. And like I said, you have to go back to those anatomy books, but get to know your child's diagnosis, understand it, mm-hmm. um, and ask the questions that you want to ask because the specialists are there. Um, you know, and they, they they love to share. They love to share knowledge. They love to share knowledge. And yeah, number two, ask questions. Um, advocate for your child. Um, I, I can't. Ex- you know, for us, it was. We'll by Annie's side twenty four seven. Like I literally didn't didn't leave apart to sleep and eat 
occasionally. But, you know, it is. Yeah. You've got to look after yourself. That's really important. But advocate for your baby. You know them the best. And, you know, the whole medical team are there to support you and to get your child through this horrible time. And they're great at their jobs, but they don't know your baby as well as you know them. Yeah. So if you feel that something's not quite right, um, something you're not sure about, something's changed and you're not clear on it, ask the questions. Okay. So, and what's three? Um, just... Try and, and I know it's really hard and often I see um, on the social media forums, you know, people asking how long does recovery take? What can I expect? You know, be really patient. I think that's my best piece of advice because you don't know how your baby's going to go. It's yeah. different for everyone. Um, try and find some patience um, as, as hard as it is. And I refer back to Nelson always saying slowly, slowly, try and find that peace with, you know, there's small steps forward, but you're going to have a lot of steps backwards as well. So please, you know, don't lose hope. Um, mm. Hope is really, really important. And I have to say hope got me through, you know, yeah. having that hope, trying to stay positive, um, be patient and celebrate the small victories, you know, because you're going to have them. I always said if Annie lost some plastic, which was a cannula or a central line or, you know, a tube or a drain, um, a catheter, you know, if she lost one of those one day, they came out, that was a victory for us yeah. because we're closer to getting out of ICU. So there's all these small little things um, where you will So have celebrate your small wins and be patient. Yeah. Answer any others? Look, two other things. Um, write it down, not only questions, but what I found great was journaling. Um, that was a personal thing for me. Uh, in ICU, they had some journal boxes mm -hmm. and you could choose to journal. Um, I'm a doer. I can't really sit still and stare at four walls for too long. Mm. Uh, but these journals were amazing. I could write down my feelings. I yeah. could write down my thoughts. Um, I pasted in pictures. Uh, lots, of, lots of little things. And they're now for Annie when she gets older. Yeah. She can look back on her journey and I think... No matter what your outcome, um, that can be quite healing. Yeah. I feel journaling is... I is think also good. it's an expression of what you're going through because if mm. you bottle it mm. and you're bottling all that anxiety, mm. um, nothing constructive will come from it. And right. I think if you've got an outlet, whether yes. it's journaling, you know, whatever, whatever it is for everyone will have, be different. But yeah. um, if there's some way that you can express it and process, yeah, it, it's... It can only be a, a constructive way of managing those emotions a bit, a bit more. So then you can have that more level yeah. mind to be a little bit find find that little bit of patience that you might need for yeah. for the next hour for That's the next it. you know time the Get doctor through. comes in. Yeah, and then just finally, really important um, I found is to connect. And again, you know, it's quite personal. You might not be that type of person to yeah. go and connect with other parents, but. You're in this uh, foreign environment. You've got other families going through, you know, similar journeys to you. You know, reach out, chat to them in the lunchroom. You know, uh, Heart Kids are a fantastic, um, you know, organisation that are in each state. So uh, Heart Kids are in each state mm -hmm, and, they um, and they will help you get in contact with other parents going through the same journey. And They can't come to you. You've got to reach out to them um, for privacy reasons. But, you know, make the connection. Um, ask your, your nurse. They'll be able to put you in touch with Heart and Kids. And they've given you a lot of comfort? They've been fantastic, you know. Yep. Um, they have, you know, different things we attend here in WA, morning teas. And what that allows you to do is connect with other parents and other families that have gone through a similar journey. And I can't express 
how relieving that is yeah. because it, it you know your family and your friends are there for you yeah. and they want to support you but it's very different you know no one really gets it if yeah. that makes sense no it does make sense because yeah. nothing's more irritating when someone says i understand and you think well, how do you understand because you've never done it? Whereas when you actually hear I understand from someone that's walked the same path, yes, um, then you, it, it resonates with something in your heart, doesn't it, of like, yes, yeah, she does understand or he understands. Correct. Yeah, that, yeah. That, those feelings of, yeah. you know, that trauma because it's, it's quite traumatic. It's very traumatic. Not only physically traumatic for that little baby who's having their heart mm. opened for the surgery, but it's the emotional trauma mm. of of something that totally unexpected yeah. come into your life and you think, wow, we've got to get through this. It changes, you know, you know it does. It changes everything. So, yeah. But, you know, like I said, we're, we're very blessed. Um, you know, we, we've got Annie and uh, and I know not all, all journeys, you know, work out like that. So we're, we're very blessed. blessed. We're very lucky. Yeah. We appreciate every day with her and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, anything to raise awareness, I think, for CHD um, for us is really important. Yes. Um, you know, that the dollars go into research because uh, that's the future of these kids. Yes. Um, it's to try and find uh, a cure, which would be amazing. Yeah, to try and prevent and understand why little babies are born with yeah. heart defects in the first place and how can we, at that level... Yep have them being born without them would be wonderful be amazing yeah it'd be life-changing so yeah. yeah awesome all right well thank you for joining us today you're welcome if you're a patient or a parent of someone suffering chd be sure to connect with heart kids via heartkids.org.au you've been listening to meditalk a podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand you can follow meditalk podcast on instagram and facebook If you haven't yet, please take a minute to subscribe, rate and review this podcast via iTunes or your podcasting app. If you have any health topics you would like to hear discussed, please email them to danae at meditalk.com.au. Thanks for listening.